this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Last fall, before Ellie was here, we sat down with the Moms on Call founders, Laura and Jennifer, and we asked them the questions that you submitted, things that you want to know. So keep in mind, before you listen to this, or while you're listening to this, I guess, that this is before Ellie was born. So we were in a little bit of a different place, but we hope you love this bonus episode. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to a bonus episode of The Upside with Callie and Jeff. I have made us two buckets of questions. They have little slips of paper inside them. We have mixed them up. They are questions from you that you want to know from the founders of Moms on Call. So, Jeff, would you like to pick your first question? The first question I'm assuming has to do with your sleep routine that you're so famous for. The question is, is it okay for the baby to go to bed a little later in order to see working parents who get home a little later? Yes, Yes. we (laughs) love that question because so many times people are like, oh, I can't do moms on call because it's too strict or too rigid. And, And actually a routine should give you flexibility and predictability. So we have even in our app, you can shift the whole schedule by 30 minutes either side just to try and accommodate some of those different lifestyles that uh, that happen, especially for working parents. Sometimes you can just stretch out that evening, even with keeping the routine as is in the book. You can just stretch out the evening just a little bit. However, Sometimes if we think, oh, well, we'll go to bed at 10 o'clock at night every night and, you know, well, the kids are so miserable because their normal, natural nighttime sleep patterns typically start somewhere between 7 and 8 o'clock. So as long as we can stick within that, we tend to do pretty well. What is overall, what is more important, hitting that early evening schedule or being consistent? Like, is it, is it better to force them to go to bed in the early evening or if it can be 10 PM every single night, will they eventually adjust if, if the entire day adjusts? We have in all of our schedules. So in the books, there's the typical days and in the app, you will see what we have crazy day guidelines. So we put all the things that are going to really matter for all night sleep And the things that we're trying to hit, because every day doesn't run according to a routine. And so, you know, if you get them up at the same time every morning and then that evening routine, we want three hours between supper and bedtime. So they're nice and hungry for that last bedtime feeding. And it'll really kind of last them longer. And every one of our schedules has that built in. If your day doesn't run exactly according to plan, go to the crazy day. And we'll tell you what things to keep in place for that. So the consistency 
of just the crazy day guidelines. No naps last longer than two hours. Try and keep three hours between supper and bedtime. And like Laura mentioned earlier, you know, getting to bed most days, as much as reality allows is one of our favorite phrases, um, you know, in that predictable day so that we can set the baby's little inner 24-hour clock. So it's just kind of like a little balancing act. And the answer to that is kind of both. Um, okay. Next question. What do I do about a nine month old standing up in their crib and absolutely refusing naps? <laughs> so nap times are always hard. They just are. Uh, they're more alert. Some They just don't want to miss out on anything. So we often say we can only control what we can control. So we want to look at our job as parents is to make sure that we are creating a consistent routine and environment when realistically possible or as often as realistically possible. So trying to be consistent with at least at that age, at nine months of age, we want two downtimes and try to be as consistent with those downtimes as possible. Now, prior to going down for that pre-nap, what we call a pre-nap routine, which is, you know, where you go in the room and you read a story or you sing a song and then we get them down and we turn the sound machine on. That's just part of that pre-nap routine. But when they're awake, try to get some sunshine, try to do some engaging activities to burn off some of that energy. But focusing on two naps a day will help us get a little bit more consistent nap routine. Uh, Someone is looking for tips on undoing picky eating when getting custody of children who had just spent time with the other parent. This came up a lot, um, a lot is the picky eating thing. Yes, picky we eating get and so then all questions and, about that. Yeah. And and I also I didn't even think of the challenges of kids who are splitting their time between two households and have two different routines and yeah. two different menus and two different um so I think that's kind of a twofold question, the picky eating and then the managing the routine over two households. Well, let's start with the most encouraging news. I have good news for everybody who is in that situation and is worried. Kids are amazingly adaptable, strong, and resilient. We say this all the time, and they know the difference. And this is why there can be one schedule at daycare and one schedule at home and one schedule with grandma and one schedule at home is because these kids know the different roles of different people in their lives, and they know the different environments and what happens in those different environments. So they can be different. It's not that kids aren't adaptable. It's about keeping consistent with that transition, giving them a very clear transition and speaking the truth in very small and simple ways. And so let me just encourage those hearts. You will not ruin your child. You will not ruin everything. And they can eat. Our primary job is we can provide the food. (laughs) It's their job to eat it. Or not. Right? Or not. Yeah. (laughs) Or throw it on the floor. (laughs) Or the dog's job to eat it. (laughs) So, you know, like Laura was saying earlier, we control what we can control. And having an atmosphere during feedings that is stress-free. We have so many things, you know, in different diets and what have you. But the biggest thing for kids is try and make it stress-free and fun. Eat with them. Don't always put all the attention on them. Don't count their bites. Five bites, five bites, five bites. Never made anybody want to eat five bites. (laughs) 
So, right. you know, just keep it relaxed and you determine what the menu is going to be. So you can pick the items and provide, you know, most kids and, you know, with this type of thing, we're talking, I'll talk um, about toddlers. Their tummy is the size of their own fist. So we just give them a couple bites at a time of what you've chosen and you provide the atmosphere and the food and they will eat what they want to eat at that uh, meal. My son, um, he ate every fifth meal. So you couldn't tell which one it was. Sometimes it was breakfast. Sometimes it was lunch the next day that he really, you know, ate until I thought I was satisfied. <laughs> so what you need to know is you will not ruin them. And when we go into homes like this, we're usually asked that question by these parents and their kids are so healthy so loved. There's just more people to love them. And you decide what you want to happen in your household and keep that consistent and lighthearted. And you will feel so much more successful. One of our favorite statements is like, if we're eating food is to look at your partner or a sister or a grandma or whoever it is and be like, oh my gosh, these green beans are the best green beans ever. I cannot <laughs> wait for little Johnny to eat those. He's going to be so awesome at that. And just doing what we call triangulation, letting him hear that we believe that he's going to be great at eating and we're just not worried about it. We'll also say, you know, fix one thing that you pretty much know they'll eat. It's almost like a freebie. You know they're going to eat that. Then put one thing that is, you know, maybe, maybe not. It's kind of a toss up. And then that third thing, we always say, try something new. Try something that's out there that maybe he's never seen before. Exposure and variety. And then as your kids get older, get them involved. Let them help stir the, the bowl and help them see you cooking. And you know what? The biggest thing, especially uh, as we're beginning to get those solid foods introduced, um, is they need to taste good. If they don't taste good, they're not going to eat them. Um, Use so, those spices. That's yes. my favorite part about the six to 15 month <laughs> online course. So Laura is a incredible chef and we're in the kitchen together and she's just kind of showing you how okay, to use chef different is not spices. not necessarily the right word, but <laughs> so yeah, we show you kind of how to do it and what the different textures are. This is mushable and this is, you know, but it all tastes good. And again, just that. Using herbs and yeah. seasonings and having fun with it and just expose your kids to what you're eating. It's just incredible when they see you eating and enjoying your food, they want to be a part of that. Yeah. What is, and this was probably the second most popular question that I got was, what is the best way to introduce a toddler to a new baby that's on the way? Oh, that is the most wonderful question because oftentimes we act like we're bringing home a disease <laughs> instead of a baby. <laughs> like, this is the best thing that ever happened to your toddler. It brings them right out of that egocentric stage of their life and gives them a front row seat to the most beautiful thing that parents do, which is work together to serve the youngest and weakest member. And that we have so much power to set their perspective. So what we say is, first of all, tell the truth. And secondly, recognize that what you are bringing home is the best thing that ever happened to that toddler. And it's hard to imagine because you've devoted all this extra, you know, time and love and energy to this one kid. And you think, I'm not going to have enough to share but you don't, but you've brought in a whole other human being who has love to share. So you just doubled your efforts and it's going to take some time for them to get used to it. What they don't like is what's unfamiliar, but they love the baby. 
they're not jealous. We just tell the truth. Hey, babies cry sometimes. Babies take more time and I can't wait to spend time with you later. Give them opportunities to be a part. And again, in the Toddler by Design app that we have, depending on how a toddler is designed is how they're going to interact and explore this new life. Those movement kids, they're barely going to slow down long enough <laughs> to know that there's a bit, you know, like wait till this baby can make some movements and then they'll be, you know, I'm so it. excited. The social kids are going to want to make those faces and try and make the baby respond. And um, the little rule follower kids, they want the set of rules. Like, what are the set of rules applied to this new activity in our lives? We do this first. We do this second. The engineers are the same. Can you go to the diaper bag, get me some wipes and bring them to me? A two to three stage command that helps them to feel part of the process so instead of feeling like, oh, no, they're going to think I love the baby more than them. <laughs> no, you love them all the same. And it's OK to say that. But babies take more time. And that is the truth. That's just parenting out of truth. And when you're OK with it and you say it with that air of confidence, um, they really say, oh, there's the person that's biggest and, you know, smartest in my life. And they're not concerned about this. They keep telling me the same thing over and over. And that helps them to adopt that same uh, perspective towards the baby. And it's beautiful and funny to watch. And in our toddler book, we actually have what we call cheat sheets in the back of our toddler book. Yes. So we have different things that you can just flip to really quick that we tell you, you know, what the truth is and, and what you can do for whatever is going on. And one of those is bringing home a baby. Yep. Uh, so we can really speak to the heart of, of that family that's bringing home that new little one. All right. Same question, but not introducing a toddler to a baby, introducing two dogs to a baby. <laughs> what kind I of wonder dogs? who sent that question in. <laughs> um, which I, it, it, honestly is one of the things that we're really, really excited about is that first coming home in that first day. Uh, coming in the house and, you know, setting the car seat down or the carrier down and watching the dogs kind of approach their new sister and figure out what's going on. And uh, we're really excited about that. It really is such a sweet, sweet thing. And and really what we want to do is is do that gently. Just have that car seat. That's a great way, Jeff, is sitting that, sitting, setting that car seat down on the floor and you're sitting, you know, of course, right there, but letting them approach. I would probably do, you know, kind of one dog at a time if you can, or you guys each have one of the dogs. And we want them to smell. They're going to smell first and let them kind of smell those feet and those toes and uh, and let them kind of get used to like, what is this thing? What I want you guys to avoid is making a big deal about it. I don't want you talking high. I don't want you getting all excited. And oh my gosh, here's your baby sister and you're going to love your baby <laughs> sister. And I just want you to act like this is just what's happening in this house. And our prediction, our, our prediction is that we have one dog who is going to be all about like little um, hand kisses and toe nibbles and it's <laughs> going to be great. And we have another dog who's not going to care until the baby's old enough to drop yep. food off a high chair. That and then and that is love the baby. And then, yep. then that baby's going to have a second shadow. But until is, then. 
yeah. perfect. And so that's, yep. that's, that is exactly how that will probably go down. And, and I really think the biggest thing is just acting like this is not a big deal. We need to take a second to thank two of our sponsors. But when we come back, Jennifer and Laura are going to tell us their advice, survival tip, their number one survival tip for surviving the first couple of days with a newborn. FitTrack's Dara Smart Scale results are incredibly accurate. So if you are trying to get into shape, if that's one of your 2021 resolutions, use the FitTrack app and the Dara Smart Scale, and you will be able to track 17 different data points because being healthy is so much more than just the weight that you are. Being healthy means adjusting your body fat percentages, making sure you're hydrated enough, checking your muscle mass, all of that. And FitTrack's Darit Smart Scale does that. The best part about it is it keeps track of everything right in the FitTrack app. So you can see how you are trending as you lose weight and get into better shape. You can actually sync up to eight different family members on one scale. Stop measuring weight and start measuring health with FitTrack. Go to FitTrack.com slash upside to take 50% off your order. Plus, for a limited time, you'll also save an additional 30% with code BUILD30 at checkout. So that's FitTrack.com slash upside for 50% plus an additional 30% off with code BUILD30 at checkout. Don't miss out on this amazing limited time offer. FitTrack.com slash upside with code BUILD30 at checkout. It is a new year and it is time to take charge of your mental health. Now, if you have never looked into getting a therapist before, it can be a little bit overwhelming, right? BetterHelp is on a mission to make that easier for all of us. Here's what you do. You go to BetterHelp.com slash upside and you answer a couple of questions about yourself. They will hook you up with a licensed professional counselor that you can meet with in the comfort of your own home via phone or video chat. And if you don't love who they hook you up with on the first try, they will gladly hook you up with another counselor that'll be a better fit for you. No questions asked. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. If that is a concern of yours, dive in, dive in, dive in. I cannot say that enough. Therapy has changed my life. It has changed Jeff's life and BetterHelp can help you change your life too. Start living a happier life today. As an Upside listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Upside. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Upside. What's the best advice you could give first-time parents for the first 14 days at home with a newborn? Oh, that's the best. So the best thing is to give each of you guys some grace. So it's going to, there's going to be some, some really adrenaline, fun, exciting, cry. There's going to be crying from the baby and the parents. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, it's, it's that kind of up and down roller coaster. The first two weeks, just all you want to do is get to know this little one. Learn this new dance that you guys are learning. We want to feed. We want to make sure that we're getting your milk supply in if you're nursing. We want to make sure we're getting back to birth weight by about two weeks of age. You can absolutely start a routine. You can swaddle and use the sound machine and get some good naps going, um, but really don't 
set pretty low expectations is probably the best way <laughs> to handle those first couple of weeks. It's just um, that adrenaline's pretty high. So you really do tend to just love, just be happy and excited. And then about 10 to 14 days is when you're like, okay, wait a second. We've got to start getting some rest and some sleep and start to get things turned around a little bit. And good parents have babies that cry yes. sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, to You're not doing that. anything wrong. Yeah. Um, how do I get my potty trained four-year-old out of pull-ups at night? Oh, this is an awesome question. So this is more of that developmental type question. And once they are waking two weeks in a row dry that's when we can take them away. But kids don't get control over their bowel and bladder habits at night till between three and five years of age. That's a so, big range. Yeah, right? So don't base it on what your cousin or your nephew or your next door neighbor did. Just wait. And once they're dry, two weeks in a row in the morning, then we use our very simple, repetitive, confident face to say, now you don't need pull-ups anymore and you're going to be great at it. Is uh, 15 months too late to get started with Moms on Call? It is never too late to get started. So, you know, yes, we try to create really good habits from the beginning because it just, it's almost like a, uh, it's progression. So the more good habits we have in the beginning, just the easier things fall into place. Uh, I think Jennifer's oldest was what? four or five years old that had never slept more than two or three hours at a time. My oh oldest my client. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And well, and just not only with sleep, what makes me so excited about that question is, oh, we have so many great things right at 15 months oh. when their design is really beginning to become a parent. And, you know, every kid is a combination of the five primary designs, which we call the smart paradigm. It's S for social, M for movement, A for an engineer. <laughs> we had to stretch that one. An <laughs> engineer, so it was an A and it was a smart um, rule follower and touch. And, you know, they're a, combina a unique combination of these in our toddler by design app. We have a little quiz you can take. Sometimes you know, one thing is a little bit higher than the other. And some kids are so motivated by one thing that it just helps to know how they're designed and why they're so different. And um, at 15 months, you're really beginning to see those things take shape. And so it's a wonderful time to really get oriented with those different resources and the toddler resources. So it's never too late. And there's really some awesome stuff on the horizon. So dive right in wherever you are. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, my baby is not interested in food. How can I eat her, get her to eat more? Um, she's 19 pounds at one year. So with that, that age, again, it kind of goes back to, to some of the previous questions is exposure and creating the atmosphere, providing the food, giving them things that they can pick up and see and smell and squish and drop and, you know, and here, you can even hear some of the food as it crackles and, and, and makes those sounds. So we want to try and involve all of those senses. We want to create an atmosphere that's positive. Hey, this, this is our food. We're going to put three different food groups on the, on the tray at a time. We're going to try to not do full-size adult servings of. It's so funny sometimes when we see pictures of, of these toddler plates that are just piled with, you know, adult servings. Like, two or three <laughs> bites. 
of two or three different things on the tray and let them see you eating. Don't force it. Don't try and make them eat one more bite or one more chicken nugget or one more. Let them see you enjoying your food. Your job is to provide the food. It's their job to eat it or not. I would would totally (laughs) be that parent who doesn't even think of portion control and I'm going to have a, and I'm going to have a two-year-old with like a Thanksgiving si- plate full of sitting like sitting in front of like a, a Big Mac, a full, a, you know, large fry yes. and a giant yeah. Coke and go, I don't know why she's not eating. She's not eating. It's a little <laughs> overwhelming. Can't. Yeah. I can't remember where I read this, but I remember reading something that said that kids are actually pretty intuitive eaters. Like we yes. tend to overthink it and yes. like push mm-hmm. our stuff on them. But actually, like if we let them be, I don't know if you guys have found that to be true, that yes. they'll actually oh, absolutely. like they know what to do. Yes. Well, and they we will not them. starve. Right. And we want them to develop this very natural relationship with food. And sometimes you're hungry for, you know, a steak and sometimes you're just hungry for a salad or a snack. And so that just gives that we want to give them permission to develop this really healthy relationship to number one, explore it all. And number two, to be able to be hungry or not. And, you know, we really outline it in the resources really well. But again, according to design, if you're out there and you're having trouble with feeding, um, according to design, there are some little tricks and tips that we can do. Those touch kids, they're going to sit at the table longer if you just kind of stroke their little leg from under the table or establish some kind of physical contact while you're eating together. They don't do good if it's just always rush, rush, rush and on the go. Those social kids want interaction. Um, the rule followers will often not want certain foods to touch each other and they'll have, you know, these little rules that they have around food. And so there are some really great things. Engineers don't like to be the center of attention. So just let me eat, please. Just do your thing and put the food here. So there are some things and we designed the Tyler by Design app in such a way that we do have a little section that says, hey, if you've got this kind of kid, here's what we can do for sleeping, feeding, tantrums, and potty training that might help engage their motivators to so that you can feel a little bit more successful in those moments. It's so funny that we do this with like in our business lives of like trying to figure out different personality types and we kind of forget that even kids have their own little personality types that are just kind of who they are and yeah. that you can speak to them in a way that in a love language that hits, hits right with them, um, mm-hmm. depending on who they are. It's like the same with, you know, we spend so much time as adults with the personality tests and yeah. this is how I receive information. <laughs> and it sounds like it's the same thing for the little ones too. What it, type of, uh, toddler would I have been? Because my meal, my dining thing was I would work my way around the plate and I would eat everything. Like I would never go, like if we you don't had, mix food. Yeah, but I would eat everything in order. So if on my plate I had some applesauce, some sweet potato fries, some, you know, meat. Burger, yeah. A burger, like whatever. I would eat all the applesauce. I would eat all the fries. Then I would eat all the burger. And that was every meal. People made fun of me for that. <laughs> you were an engineer. A, you are. You call, are. Yes, you are. An engineer. A social engineer, yeah. actually. Yeah. You're a social engineer for sure. Can you offer some tips for a mom of three who just doesn't have time to fight her newborn to nap? <laughs> 
You guys are the best ones to answer this also from a mom perspective because you both have a handful of kids. So you've been there. We have so been there. So with that, you know, yes, when we have older children and we're on the go and we're doing things, and we're just tired too. We're just tired. The problem is we still have to have some sort of structure and some sort of a consistent routine when realistically possible. So if we can, it's according to how old this this new baby is. If, the, if it's under three months of age, by getting into that routine, swaddling correctly, using the sound machine, then we can definitely focus on two naps a day where we're, we are as consistent as possible. Uh, if they're over three months of age, then we change our perspective. Because the truth is, we cannot make our kids sleep. So what are we going to do? What we're going to do is provide a consistent routine and a consistent environment. And when we can do that a couple of times a day, it will allow us some freedom and predictability to handle the other things in the home that has to be done. And that third child is the most <laughs> adaptable of all of them. I they always are. like to say this, you know, a lot of families get into this saving the quiet one um, kind of routine at home. If they have older kids and a baby, you know, it's not fair that older kid, you know, has to listen to them cry or, you know, wakes up at nap time. But the truth is they are absolutely adaptable. And this home environment is where they're going to figure out how to accommodate others. Look, you're in this family. It may be chaotic. Some kids may make noise in the middle of the night. But we all accommodate our brothers and sisters, and that's how we learn to accommodate schoolmates and, you know, community. So here's the very seeds of what makes really healthy adults. So don't save the quiet one. You can absolutely put in some of these routine elements and let them learn all of them. That fantastic adaptability under your roof where everybody loves each other, but nobody necessarily is quiet all night or, you know, napping at exactly the right time for your preschool schedule and um, just the freedom to be able to know what our kids are capable of is freeing, I think. We have time for one more question for Jennifer and Laura for the Moms on Call. First, we got to say thank you to two advertisers who are making this episode possible. And then we'll come back with that last question. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that is trying to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. And they're doing just that. We are members of Thrive Market. We absolutely love getting their deliveries in. I always go for the snacks because I love snacks and I always try something new every time that I'm looking around perusing their little snacks section. Right now, I'm super into the bunny grams. They have a birthday cake flavor. Oh my gosh, incredible. And I also have my favorite chocolate bars from there. They're like a toffee sea salt, dark chocolate situation. Oh my gosh, so good. I have a little bite of it before bed every single night. Now, it's a membership-based market. So what does that mean? That means you have two options, right? You can do the one-month membership for $9.95 a month or a 12-month membership for $5 a month. And there's an exciting new offer exclusively for Upside listeners. Join Thrive Market today and get 25% off your first order and an exclusive free gift. The only way to get this offer is by going to thrivemarket.com slash upside. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash upside to get the exclusive offer of 25% off your first order and a free gift. You cannot get this offer anywhere else. Go to thrivemarket.com slash upside. Brooklinen works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markup. 
They've got sheets of different colors, patterns, and materials, whatever you need, whatever your taste is, they've got you covered. And they're much more than that. They've also got comforters and pillows and towels. They've even got loungewear. Here's the deal. The couple that started Brooklyn, and Rich and Vicky, they wanted to find beautiful home essentials, but they didn't want that to cost an arm and a leg. When they couldn't find it, they founded the company, Brooklinen, the first direct-to-consumer bedding company and the only sheets that are on our bed in the dollar house. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code UPSIDE to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more, plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code UPSIDE for $25 off when you spend over 100 bucks plus free shipping. Brooklinen.com, promo code UPSIDE when you check out. All right, so we have one more question um, in this round. And then what we'll do is we'll, you know, hopefully if you guys aren't sick of us yet, we will ask for more questions and then do another Q&A with moms on call. This was another really popular one. It's so funny that you guys have told us before you get the same questions a lot. It feels like a lot of people struggle with kind of the same big things. Not everyone, but this one. How do I keep my two-year-old in her bed all night? We are transitioning to a toddler bed? Oh, I love these questions because it is never too late, but the transition into the toddler bed, we don't want them to know that there are any other options that exist except to sleep in their room all night when the moon is out. You know, we're walkers and walkers are sleeping. So we have that perspective. We set up the room like that day. We don't want to give them a ton of, you know, time ahead of time to say, oh, you know, next week we're going to do this. And now we're getting ready to do this. No. Spring it on them. And so that day when you're ready to make that transition, make it. And that night we talk about having a structure at night, which is one of our favorite things. We go over our three household rules. We talk about something they did great during the day. And then we talk about what we're working on and what we're working on together sets us on their side. So it's not like me against a behavior I'm afraid is going to happen. They're not going to like it. It sets me in the position of being their biggest cheerleader and setting their perspective about what's going to happen. So, you know, be like, thank you so much for helping me with the baby today. You brought those baby wipes, like lickety split. You're awesome. And you know what else? You're going to sleep here in this big kid bed all night long in your room and you're going to love it. We close the door to keep you safe. I love you. I believe in you. And I'll see you when the sun comes up. That's classic moms on call style. And then we put action behind our words. Now, a lot of people have some trouble with, you know, closing the door and locking it from the hallway side, but they never had any trouble with the child in a crib. And, I and say, that has bars. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. well, the crib, limited access to the room. Now the room's going to limit access to the house. So it's a safety element. And if you're okay with that and you present it in such a way that it's non-optional and it's good, then we even had a story, one of my clients, when they talked about in preschool, they talked about their nighttime routines. So the one kid goes, this is great. We close the door to keep me safe. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. Oh, okay. There's and I don't think we realize, yeah. yeah, the power that we have to set their perspectives. And so I like to go into that ideal, but you know, we have safety checklists. We have three or four pages of little, you know, outline format like, check this out. Here are all the things we can do to make it ideal. Here's how we make it safe. Here are the things that we say. 
And we do in a really simple format that's really positive and speaks to the fact that these kids are strong, adaptable, and resilient, that they can do it. And our job is to just set that perspective and then put action behind it. And if they never know that the option to come out the door, to yell at you through the door for an hour, you know, especially those social kids, if engagement is available, like I can't make parents any less fun to be around. I tell that to my clients all the time. (laughs) Like, I can't make you any less fun to be around. So what I can do is we can just make an engagement-free zone because they would choose engagement over sleep when given the opportunity. So So, if you have a kid that's in a toddler bed, you've already gotten rid of the crib and this kid will not stay in their bed, but you are diving in now, like SOS, help me. They keep opening the door, coming out to see mom and dad. Mm -hmm. We keep putting the back. They keep coming out. Is there a jumping, is there a starting point in the books or in the online resources or the app where parents who are really, they're already into it, not starting it, where they can dive in. This is my day-to-day. I talk to these parents (laughs) literally every day. Yes, 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 and yes. So um, basically what we do are the same things. We begin something new and give them the amount of time it takes them to adjust. What they don't like is unfamiliarity. So if they were able to open the door before, when the door doesn't open anymore because it's locked from the hallway side and their room is absolutely safe for them and they fall asleep that first night right in front of the door, then in the morning, even if we have to open the door and push their little body out of the way, (laughs) peek around, we give you those words to say like, hey, you know what? You didn't have to sleep in front of this door. You could have slept in that bed all night and been great at it. Let's start our day. There's no punishing. There's no cajoling and convincing. All of that is just ways to extend that engagement. And the engagement is all about what happened the night before. And it can take toddlers, depending on how many different times or ways you've tried to sort this out. It can take them five days typically, but up to two weeks to really embrace a change in routine. And it's all about the familiarity. And so the beautiful and powerful thing for parents to know is that they want the routine more than they want to get out of their room 15 times a night. So if we change that and give them the amount of time that it takes and use those powerful moments when their heart is open for instruction, and we talk about exactly when those are in the day, there's several times we can do that to send the positive message of what they're capable of, then your voice is the first voice of hope that that child hears. And they get that sense of accomplishment that they're able to do something that maybe neither of you thought they could do because of <laughs> right. you know, what you were experiencing in your household. And it's hard. And if you need a voice that helps you, it's hardest on the parent. The kids are always fine. We make a safe environment yeah, and we right. keep it the same every night. They're fine. They fall right into place. And, you know, it gets a little worse before it gets better. But what we found is parents often need a support. The parent needs the support. And it's not always necessarily the mom. Those dads, especially in a master on main situation where their daughter is like an upstairs, like they just need that voice that says, here's what you expect. Here are the wonderful things that are going to come of this. And it's hard, but we'll get through it together and we'll do it at the pace that feels right and resonates with you and your personal beliefs. And so, you know, sometimes if you're really in the thick of it, I would say consider a personal consultation. Yeah. Like yeah. we will come yeah. alongside you if it's hard. And, you know, for those that are like, I just needed a list. I just needed to know it was okay to lock the door from the hallway side. <laughs> awesome. You have all the permission in the world. 
to make a safe and loving environment for your child to fall asleep in a loving household. And, you know, America where there's food around every corner and the temperature is, you know, exact, right? The nest has it exactly right. And (laughs) there's going to be loved ones and opportunities for education. And, you know, they have absolutely every advantage in the world and they have a parent that loves them enough to want to do it the best they can. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. We hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Most people learn about The Upside from their friends. Please tell everyone you know about this podcast so the amazing Upside community can continue to grow. And one last thing, we would love to stay in touch with you by text. Text the word UPSIDE to 800-434-5454 and then save it in your phone as Callie and Jeff. Thank you to everyone who submitted a question. Sorry we could not get to all of them, but this is definitely something that we want to do again. Thank you to Jennifer and Laura for sitting down with us and for the Moms on Call program. Now that we have Ellie and we know how it works, I am a huge fan because she is sleeping through the night. So thank you for that. And visit momsoncall.com for all things Moms on Call related.